Tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I ain't never wanna hear you say I want it that way. Something. Oh man. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm a cowboy and welcome back to another episode of Evil Man. <laughs> hey, sorry him. about that everyone, I'm uh, one of the co-hosts, Chris Locke, I don't know who that guy was, he sucks. Um, I'm going to continue with your uh, <laughs> Wild West theme, uh, I'm another co-host of Evil Men, my name is... Uh, Cowpoke Mike. Oh, God. My name's James. I think, you know, I'm going to raise something. Do we need to introduce ourselves every episode? I notice we've just been doing this, and I think it is sort of charming, but... Hello, everyone. I'm Chris. <laughs> I mean, are we being, like, lame? By always so, in your no. mind, do you think that we're already uh, famous enough that people know who we are? I mean, that's... I like that. I like that. Well, Here's my impression of a fan listening to Evil Men. <laughs> Hey, I'm Chris Lock. I know! I'm Mike. I know! And I'm James. I know! No, here's the thing. A new listener could listen to the latest episode. And well, so you want to set up like uh, like a... Like a legend, like, this is what my voice sounds like, Chris's voice. I'm the theater student, Chris! <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Maybe we should introduce ourselves and then, like, you know, say a bunch of different sounds and words so they can always tell who's who. Like, I'm J- my name's James, and I speak like this when I'm uh, stern, and I speak like this when I'm angry, <laughs> and I laugh like this. My name's Mike. I'm the numbers guy. You can hear me clicking on my keyboard the whole time. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm the fool. Whenever, things, when everything gets tense, I like to make the king relax by doing a little joke. <laughs> Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, really they good. know who we are now. Uh... We're just three guys from the old neighborhood, you know? We're like three guys sitting on a stoop on a hot summer's night. Just hey, fuck you! <laughs> also, your cat is up on the stove eating out of a pot. <laughs> Get out of there. It's Bruno, <laughs> leave the craft dinner for me. <laughs> he, oh, there was just water in a pot, and uh. he was drinking out of it. You know, those guys... Anytime they see water anywhere but they, their bowl, they want to drink out of it. The other one, the gray cat, drinks out of the damn toilet. I just let her. Really? Yeah. She like, and she's small. She has to like hang on the rim and, or the, uh, the seat and like, like uh, lean into the toilet to drink water. Wow. I just pretend I don't see it and I just go, whatever. <laughs> are, are your cats toilet trained? Like, can they sit on the, the toilet seat and <laughs> go to the bathroom? Because I have a friend who... Says that her cat is uh, really? toilet trained. Yeah. I always sort of thought that was not a real thing. I mean, that would be great. I would. It would be funny to open the door to the bathroom and you're like, "Whoop, sorry, the cat's just." That's actually on a it. joke. And meet the parents. Oh darn! I forgot. Have that. Have you seen it? Well, when I was young, I mean, I'm not. When you were young and your heart. <laughs> 
was an open book. You used to watch Meet the Parents. <laughs> you know you did. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. In-laws from Hell is what I remember from that movie. Hong Kong. De Niro. Oh. I got nipples. Greg, could you milk me? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, Owen Wilson in that was the the wife the wife's like ex boyfriend. He's, he's really like, funny. How's in your? It. He says to Ben Stiller, "How is your stock? How are your stocks doing?" And then Ben yeah. Ben Stiller's like, "I uh, I, w- I would say s- strong." I think he's like, "How's your portfolio?" Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're warming up slow today. Do you know you did? You know you did. You know you did. <laughs> so this, in the past couple of weeks, there's been this thing where both uh, Paul McCartney and now Roger Daltrey from The Who are lashing out at the Rolling Stones. So Paul McCartney a few weeks ago was like, Stones are just a pub band. Uh, they're just a blues cover band, and then Roger Daltrey yesterday was in the news for saying like the Stones are just a, a um, yeah a pub band, and they're just the Stones are getting attacked from all angles, and uh, you know I'm worried it's because that Charlie Watts is dead now they oh, can he, unleash their fire. He yeah. was the enforcer. He was the guy. Yeah, you clearly. never fucked with Charlie Watts. Yeah, he but probably had th- a butterfly knife all, at all times <laughs> or something. Yeah. Do you out. think that it's gonna come to blows with these guys because they're, they're still tough? They still got a lot of energy. They're still. Um, We're not a pub band. How would how does fucking Mick Jagger talk? We're not a pub band, okay? Does he talk like that? Burning <laughs> it. Ooh yeah. We're not a pub band. We're not a pub band. Waiting for a friend. I don't know how he. I'm trying to find it. Um, Mike could probably do it. Why are all? I mean, boy, why make a feud when you're like 80 years old? Yeah. And Roger Daltrey, he looks like. He does look like a tough grandma right now. He's got like short hair and a weird, like his face is, it seems to have some work on it, but he looks like he's turned into a grandma. I hate to say this, but Roger Daltrey never seemed cool to me one iota. It's like he was like this he weird looks like he buttery. Be in the Fast and the Furious. Really? To me, when he's wearing like a vest with no sleeves and he's kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? He looked to me, he was like um, a butter cookie. Uh, from Grandma's House version of Robert Plant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Also, it's like, oh, well... Robert Plant was dangerous, right? He had some You didn't want to mess with and... Robert Plant back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, oh. Didn't, you didn't introduce Robert Plant to your girlfriend. Also, it's like, yeah, maybe the Rolling Stones are a pub band, but your guitar player... <laughs> had some not great stuff on his computer he's claimed he was writing a book about. Mm. It's been 20 years, but the book's on its way. <laughs> it's hard to write a book. Like, oh, it's way harder than I thought. It's easier you know? to look at the pictures. <laughs> I'm still doing research. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get to that book. I'm, I'm trying to, I've downloaded Final Draft. Imagine when, he, when Pete Townsend finally releases this uh, long awaited book. It goes straight to number one on the New York Times bestseller list. It's a, a beautiful book about him being uh, abused. Who knows? The book is mostly just pictures Pete Townsend downloaded off the internet and pasted together. How do you come back from that? Because he, he, but the, the Who was more creative. Drawing. The Who and the Beatles were way more creative. Technically, I think than the Rolling Stones. I think so, but and the, the Rolling Stones yeah. never gave credit to the other musicians that no. sort of have, like you know they treated yeah. Brian Jones like shit. Yeah, here's something non-music related. Have either of you ever had to? Uh, is the recorder okay? Because the cats. I, I just 
fucking with it. Here's something non-music related. Uh, have either of you ever had to um, email pictures of your body to a doctor because you can't go to an in-person uh, appointment because of COVID? Yes. Mm. James, what did you have to do? Um, I just had a little mark on my foot that wasn't there before, and I just said, is this anything? And they said, nope. <laughs> what did it look like? I, I thought it-, it might be a skin cancer thing. Okay. Because it was, it looked like a sunspot. Right. Hmm. What was it? I'm glad it was funny to you right <laughs> off the hop, though. What was Mike, it? Mike goes, ha, 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 what did it look like? Like, what do you think? Um, Mike's laugh it was, they has just, nothing to do with the 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 thing you're saying in the moment of the time. It's about the deepest absurdity of all of life. <laughs> it just comes out when anyone talks because even the fact that we're alive is hilarious to Mike. I, uh, Does that make sense? I guess in, in a way, I guess you nailed me. <laughs> but I had to, I had to email some pictures of a, a new mole to my doctor. A, a new mole popped up on my arm like a month ago, and I was afraid I was going to die. And uh, the doctor said that I probably won't die. Probably is good. Yeah. Probably is good. I sent a dick pic once to Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> he's it's he's he doesn't even have teeth. He's not going to do anything. But I will try to keep him away. What's his name? Buster Bruno. Bust? Bruno. <laughs> have, have you ever had this email a picture of something weird on your body, Chris? Um, to a doctor or even just anybody. Mm, no. Really? Hmm. All right. I want, uh, the Fauci thing, the joke was the best I got. In reality, no. I just kind of go to the doctor <laughs> and I go, what's this? And he goes, it's a rash from exercising. No, I don't know. <laughs> or like, what's this? And he's like, you're just getting old. You know? Um, I've had some uh, skin tagging type bumps removed. Oh yeah, that's. I don't think I've had a skin tag. It happens when you're fat. <laughs> well, I got one last winter. Oh, then maybe it's not a fat thing. Sorry to everybody listening. I'd say it happens when you're cool. Both of us got. Thanks. Cool. And if you're listening to, that's not a fat joke. I'm fat, so it's a fat joke about me. I I definitely if you if I take off my shirt, there's some things going on on my body that it. I don't know what it is. It's just sort of just. Red blobs well, and things on there. You got show some, us. You got some blobs. Show us your blobs. I mean, James pulling his shirt. That up. thing. It's just right. a red blob. When yeah. when you're intimate with your girlfriend, does she put her mouth around it? <laughs> um, no, no. The red blob is off limits. Every guy's secret desire is to have their blob touched. I just want to clarify too. It's a tiny. It's a tiny yeah. little red thing. Suck else. my blob. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth was made to suck my mouth. <laughs> it always goes it's to like, music today. I'm in sorry. the video, it's like an old man with all these weird nubbins on his chest. <laughs> the red hot chili Your peppers have a new single out. Suck my blub. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that could be good to talk about in the intro I, that we haven't talked about yet, Mike. You've had two interesting incidents on the Toronto transit system oh, in the last. I don't know. Couple yeah. weeks, unless you don't want to talk about it. I don't know. Is it, is it appropriate to bring up on the uh... Mike on transit? <laughs> um, I think it's reasonable, but you don't have to talk about it if you don't well, want to. Well, this is a little. It's sort of um, crude and rude stuff, but yeah. In the past two weeks, two times that I've taken the TTC right here in Toronto, the Toronto Transit Commission, uh, I saw men, and it's always a dude, isn't it? <laughs> two men uh, masturbating, uh, one on the subway and one on the streetcar. 
That's a quite a stretch because yeah. you're saying this has happened to you twice in what a month, two and a half weeks. Because that's yeah. never happened to me in my life, and I yeah. would be willing to bet a decent number of listeners would say that's never happened to them in their lives. And I'm going to so, ask yeah. this what a two week stretch, Michael. I'm going to ask ages. this in a different voice. It wasn't the same man. <laughs> <laughs> different guys. I mean, they could be brothers or cousins or something but mm. uh the first guy <laughs> the back we're brothers we go around toronto we jerk off at every <laughs> hey you masturbate over there i'm gonna masturbate over <laughs> here we'll be back up at 3 p.m <laughs> you've heard of the property brothers well we are a little bit different <laughs> we're hey this is our property brother <laughs> <laughs> and he's pointing at his dick <laughs> let's be back here at a and w hamburgers <laughs> <laughs> well the the first incident happened i was on the streetcar uh and uh, a woman from the back just ran up, and she was swearing. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then the streetcar stopped. Chris, could I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yes. as you're telling the story about a man masturbating <laughs> on the streetcar, Chris stood up and took off his shirt. And he didn't mean he just was trying to take his sweatshirt off, but he also accidentally took his T-shirt yeah. off. And it looked like because you were telling a sexy story, Chris was just going to get naked. Anyway, It's a sweater. It's not a sweatshirt. It's a oh, roll neck uh, sweat, navy blue sweater that was really cool really nice awesome sorry for the interruption Mike <laughs> well so I'm on the streetcar <laughs> <laughs> a woman uh, runs past swearing very mad I'm like that's weird uh, then the streetcar stops and then we hear the driver from the front go like attention uh, could the man exposing himself at the back please uh, exit the streetcar and then everyone turns around and looks <laughs> at the same time there's a guy at the very back under a blanket who's like Oh, what? Uh. And uh, then he gathered his possessions slowly, uh, folded his blanket, and then he made this like incoherent speech, almost like in his defense before he got off. I, I couldn't make sense of what he was saying, but I guess he was like trying to get people to empathize with him or something, and then he got off. Yeah, like, I just had a sexy thought. What am I supposed to do, guys? Yeah. You have to understand. <laughs> I have nowhere to masturbate. <laughs> You have to understand, I'm very horny. <laughs> if you don't. were as horny as I was, you'd understand. Please don't be angry with me. You must understand. I had the horniest night, but nowhere to do my deed. <laughs> okay, so that's one guy winking it's on. It's down. okay, man. Yeah. We understand, man. <laughs> Yeah, keep going, man. Woohoo! Don't let the man tell you what you can and can't do. <laughs> yeah, there was a free speech warrior on the streetcar who's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You what can't do fuck? anything anymore. Yeah, you can't even fucking jack off near uh, nice people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got one wanker. The story of one wanker. I mean, wanker. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the story of wanker number two? Wanker. And now back to wanker with Mike Balazzo. <laughs> yeah. W- 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 wanker. Wanker sounds like it's a British detective show. And now back to wanker. <laughs> wanker, you've got to be joking thinking this was a murder. No, it was a murder. And I'm about to prove it because I'm wanker. Previously on wanker. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> we told you once you're off the case. I'm not off the case. I'm wanker. <laughs> so that was uh, wanker number one. That was a day wanker. Second one was a night, uh, nocturnal wanker. Speaking of the Beatles, Day Wanker. Day Wanker. Also a great REM song. Day Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> All my references are about 20 years after your guys. But No, it's great. 
Well, we're appe- appealing to a mass audience. Mass I'll make a reference about a hundred ge- gex right now <laughs> for all the kids out there. <laughs> okay, so sorry, day wanker streetcar, and now a feels night- so clean like a wanky machine. <laughs> and now a, and now a so after wanker. the first wanker happened, I said to myself, I looked at everyone in the streetcar and said. Well, this probably won't happen to me anytime again soon. But I was wrong. Because the next week, um, I was on an evening subway. Picture it. Underground in Toronto. It's very seedy. Uh, and there was a guy lying on the seats, uh, hand down his pants. And, and people were just, he was like moving his hand up and around. And everyone, no one remarked on it. No one asked him to stop. Everyone just sort of sat there or stood there silently and just like accepted it. Nothing happened. Huh. Even Whoa, I didn't have the so courage. Nighttime different than daytime. People are more chill at nighttime night. Nighttime yeah. when the yeah. moon comes out, you can wank away. When the moon comes outside in a subway, it put a hand <laughs> down a pencil. <laughs> so, Mike, you're telling me you didn't go up to this guy and go, Excuse me, sir. Don't masturbate. You, have you yeah. not heard of semen retention? <laughs> I didn't. And I, I admit. I lacked the courage to do that, and I wish I well, could go back. Excuse me, sir. Do not masturbate in front of these women. It makes these women uncomfortable. Isn't that right, ladies? I'll help you, ladies. Don't worry. <laughs> like ladies, uh, by the way, um, uh, if you want to put your phone numbers, my phone. Yeah, one of those Just weirdos. Just in case this happens again, you know. Yeah. Listen, okay, I'm an ally. Don't worry. I got this, ladies. Excuse me, sir. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, like one of I those do. guys. Yes. <laughs> so, Mike, I got to ask it. you when this guy started masturbating at night on the mm-hmm. subway, did this song play? <laughs> you know that swing song? Yeah. Is that yeah. Sing, 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 Sing? Oh, uh, probably. <laughs> it did play. And uh, everyone on the, f- on the subway started sort of like tapping their feet. And uh, <laughs> well, Mike, I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be a jerk, but were you doing something to kind of provoke him? Here we go. That's well, a million dollar question. Asking. Everywhere you go, yeah. guys start wanking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. The, what's the connection here, Mike? What are you doing? Should I start wearing a shirt that says "Put it away, fellas"? Well, uh, I know you were you were in that tight Under Armour shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike was doing like like sultry dancing on the streetcar. Of the subway, <laughs> Mike was coming from Good Life Fitness in his Under Armour gear. And Mike, you don't wear baggy stuff when you work out either, right? You wear no, those like form fitting shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lycra, Mike. You gotta stop, man. Yeah, like, man. get attention. Post thirst traps if you need attention. Yeah. Cue James and I masturbated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if it happens again, that's gonna be a hat trick, right? So me. you've had it: streetcar, subway, next, what's next? Airplane? Possibly the bus, boat, airplane, submarine. <laughs> yeah, Uber pool. Oh crap, we're stuck in the submarine with the wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a little wank. <laughs> yeah. Have a wank, love. <laughs> Feel so clean with my wanking machine. <laughs> That's 100 gigs. <laughs> oh, I tried listening to that. I didn't like it. I know. You did a you wrote a stand-up joke about hyperpop. Well, yeah, because you said this is what my young cousins or something listened to, and I tried listening to it, and I was like, "This sounds like bees buzzing in a hive." To yeah, me, I know what you mean. That's like an old man seeing Elvis in 1955, going, "What the hell is this? Yeah, How come I kids don't, don't so. listen to Roy Orbison anymore?" <laughs> I don't think so. I actually don't agree. Ladies and gentlemen, 100 Gex. Because this I is like- what you call music. This is what music is. Crying <laughs> no. over you. I think it would be like somebody in the 70s listening to like 
r- really like hard to listen to cra- bad music and being like, or not necessarily bad, but just like out there music and being like, I don't get it. You, you, anyone could get Elvis. People just didn't like that he shook his hips. <laughs> it was like in the 90s when we'd go up to our dads and be like, Hey, Dad, take, can you turn off the Rod Stewart record and play this Rage Against the Machine song? Yeah. You'll love it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or is it, but yeah, maybe you guys are right. I mean, I don't know. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. That was me trying to be Rod Stewart. That was a mashup. Singing Killing in the Name of. That was good. You just, yeah, you just riffed a mashup. Thank you. Um. <laughs> Fuck you. I won't do what you say to me. Whoa, Quest, that up, was Maggie. good. That was really good. Wake up, Maggie. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the laugh I needed. I'm like so relaxed now. Uh, we don't- Wake up. Fuck you! <laughs> I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> oh my god! Poor now, Maggie. Now that we've had that laugh, we don't need to wank off and stare at Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I came from that laugh out, anyways. Beep beep. <laughs> you know, guys. Before we move on to our topic today, uh, we should mention to everybody that we have a Patreon account. Patreon.com/slash/EvilMen. And for small piddling fee a month, you can listen to bonus episodes. We've been putting out a load of them, lots of them. Um, you'll have a lot of fun if you join up. If you already are on the Patreon, thank you. We really appreciate it. And if you don't want to do it or it's too, you know, don't want to spend the money, that's totally fine. Maybe you could rate us and review us. And our last Patreon bonus episode was all about a bad review we got, which was a lot of fun. We really. Um, we really got dug loaded. into that bad review. We responded with uh, a lot of heavy firepower to the bad reviewer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we eviscerated him. Oh, did we ever? Um, so that's that. All right, I think it's time uh, to talk about our topic this week. Mike, you did the research for this one. That's right, James. Thank you very much for that seamless handoff. So this is Mike here, and this week's uh, Evil Man was actually n- not one that we picked. Mm. It was one that was suggested to us by a uh, super fan of the podcast, Kathleen Princeton. Thank you, Kathleen. I don't know if she's a super fan, but... I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, Chris, James, what do you think of when I sing these ones? I want it that way. Absolutely love that song. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you are my fire. Yep. All right. So those are all boy band songs. <laughs> Backstreet Boys and Sync. And the reason we have those songs is because of their manager, a man named Lou Pearlman. You are my, my fire, fire, my one desire. <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I never want to hear you say, I want it that way. 
something? Oh, man. <laughs> I could just we do that just all day. We have just received a lawsuit from uh, Warner Music. I love that song. That's why the intro was so music heavy, because it's a musical Absolutely. episode. It's a fucking musical <laughs> It's a fucking musical episode. Don't fuck with us. I'll kill you, man. <laughs> fuck off. Listen to music or get the fuck out of here. Uh, so sorry, mommy. Sorry. <laughs> Does your mom listen to this podcast? Christopher. <laughs> Okay, sorry, Mike. <laughs> so, that's right. This is all to say that this week's topic is Lou Pearlman. Let me give you some background here. Lou Pearlman was an American entrepreneur, music impresario, and con man who masterminded the careers of mega popular boy bands like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and, and the lesser known O Town. Still popular. And he sounded like this Hello, boys. <laughs> <laughs> You want some candies? Reach into my big pants. Sing into my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Lou was also... Just kidding. I'm sorry, Mike. I don't think that's... No, we're trying to be serious yeah, here. Sorry. Um, Lou Perlman was also responsible, get this, for perpetrating the largest Ponzi scheme in American history. Really? Investors of out of $300 million. Whoa. And did I mention that he did all this while looking like an absolute hunk? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, please take a moment to Google Lou Pearlman. You'll see pictures of a um, guy who just who really seemed to enjoy life. Took a big <laughs> bite out of life. Also, listeners, if Mike ever calls you an absolute hunk, it's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, um, he does have a vibe, Lou Pearlman. Uh, and there's yeah. some pictures of him palling around with various boy bands, and it looks like very, it's very odd. <laughs> it's mixed matched. Yeah, it's One kind of, of like. One of these things is not like the other. It honestly feels like Duke Harkonnen from Dune is palling around with, you know, a boy band. It's very odd. Yeah. Or I mean, Jabba the Hutt is like licking his lips while Princess Leia dances <laughs> yes, for him. It does have that vibe. There's a bit of a power imbalance, a bit of an age difference, but the main thing is the guy's having a damn ball. And the kids seem to be just going along. It with sounds it. Yeah. like he had the best life. So what's the deal? Yeah, he had the best us. life up until a certain point. But we're gonna we're gonna get to. Oh, that. I can't wait. The first uh, three quarters of his life, pro- pretty good. The last, nice. uh, yeah, not so hot. Oh, so I transport you all now to 1954 to Flushing, Queens, New York mm. City. Um, Lou J. Perlman is born to a Jewish family. His father, High ran a dry cleaning business, and his mother, Rini, was a school lunchroom aide. Hi, hi. Hi. Uh, who's on high? <laughs> oh, didn't no, from... I'm high. That's what I'm saying. Hi, hi. Are you high? Hi, hi. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God so stupid. <laughs> so he just doesn't come from, you know, old money, you know, working class guy in New York City in the 50s. Um, here's an interesting fact. Uh... <laughs> Did you guys know that Lou Pearlman was first cousins with uh, singer Art Garfunkel? Wow. No. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. Congratulations, fans. Art. Yeah. And uh, Art's still alive, right? He's still, he just turned 80 recently. Congratulations, yeah. man. Congratulations, man. And, Honestly, uh, Art, congratulations. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but respect for Art Garfunkel from this show. <laughs> Paul Simon was weird, eh, Art? Don't worry about it. You're cool with us. Um, there's not a lot of uh, in a lot of articles about Lou Pearlman mention the fact that they were first cousins, but there's not any real follow-up information except for one thing I found. Uh, an article said that in 1967, Lou Pearlman attended Art Garfunkel's bar mitzvah. Hey, cool! I wonder what the theme was. 
uh, weird hair. <laughs> <laughs> Musical excellence. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he attended whose bar mitzvah? <laughs> Art Garfunkel. Not in in nineteen when sixty seven. <laughs> Art Garfunkel. Maybe it's fifty seven. It must yeah, have been fifty seven. Yeah. Oh, he was thirteen when I am a rock. <laughs> sound of silence came out. <laughs> Well, that would yeah. make sense. If yeah. you, like they were maybe Paul Simon and Garfunkel were the first boy band. I don't know. They oh actually before uh, the music nerd thing before they found success as Simon and Garfunkel, they had had a hit in the late fifties, early sixties as a teen duo called Tom and Jerry. Right, right, right. And they had a song called "Hey Little Schoolgirl." And then they their uh, subsequent singles flopped, and they broke up, and they got back together. Later. And the lyrics oh. went like this: "Hey little schoolgirl, what?" Mm, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those two guys on the other side of the school fence looking at us? <laughs> I love the idea of a touring singer getting older and older, and the audience is like, play Hey Little School Girl. And uh, the, I can't legally play that song yeah. anymore. <laughs> I don't think I should. <laughs> uh, hey, school graduate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, successful hey, woman. Hey, 18 year old girl. <laughs> fully legal in all the states. <laughs> um, huh. Okay. So, enough about that. I mean, that could, mm-hmm. that's enough for a movie right there. But that's sure. cool. He was around the yeah. music world Talented at a young family. age. Yes. Talented family. And he, he saw his cousin as like, wow, this is exciting. He's in the music biz. Uh, young Lou was also, he wanted to, to try and be a musician. Didn't have the right look. Didn't have the mm. talent for it. Um, yeah. And again, we strongly encourage you to Google pictures of Lou Pearlman throughout the ages. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is just cracking up at just the concept of Lou Pearlman's appearance. So we got a lot to cover here. Lou Pearlman, he grew up <laughs> in Queens next to Flushing Airport. And here's something you don't expect to hear when you're researching Lou Pearlman's life. Mm-hmm. From an early age, living beside the airport, he was transfixed by seeing blimps take off, <laughs> specifically the Goodyear blimp. Well, that explains it. Yes. He and his friend would just spend hours there watching the blimps take, take off, go down. He, he, he sort of scammed his way onto a blimp ride by telling them that he was like the editor of his school newspaper. His friend says that he, uh, he was not and that he was actually the, the editor. Anyway, yeah. he got to ride a blimp. And he was transfixed by blimp. You know technology. what, friend? Why didn't his one life- day I would love to be a blimp? <laughs> <laughs> so why didn't he design blimps or something? Well, I mean, that's what we get into, right? Oh, he he okay. leaves uh, dreams of music behind temporarily. He says, "Fuck you, cousin Art." I'm getting involved in, in the blimp biz. It, I actually think that's cool. If yeah. you're just like, <clears throat> I love blimps. Can I get work in blimp? You know, creation. I think that's neat. And we're not body shaming anyone. It's just that this man was a Cretan. <laughs> and the f- hilarious juxtaposition of his Cretanous manner beside the little boy bands is really funny. So, is that, does that set it up? Does that get it out there? Do you know what I'm saying? Hold up, that'll hold up in court. Yeah, um, I think we're good. <laughs> so, Lou, he temporarily forgets about music. He, he devotes himself, you know, heart and soul to, to a blimp future. He gets um, a, an accounting degree from Queens College. He founds a helicopter taxi service in New York City hmm. and a company called Airship Enterprises Limited, a blimp advertising service. So, what he would do, he would lease out, he had this one blimp. He didn't own it, but he leased it out, so he's scamming. 
He leased out a blimp he didn't own to the Jordash Jeans Company to advertise their jeans. Sick <laughs> jeans. And it promptly crashed uh, in oh, New no. Jersey. Jordash Jeans. They're like pants for a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> is that, but is that really a scam or did you read that it was, it was a scam? Because there was a legal problem because he leased out a blimp to a company that he didn't own. And then when it crashed, they were like, well, who owned it? Where oh, does the insurance? I see. So he, he okay. was doing so it's kind of a complicated. Yeah. I see. Legal problems, you know, but he's not down for the count. He starts a new blimp company. <laughs> what in the hell is going on? I've never heard of anybody being obsessed with blimps. So he called. <laughs> I would love to get isolate that audio. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Anyway. No, it's totally left field. You wouldn't expect it. Uh, he started a new blimp company called Airship International, uh, which leased blimps to McDonald's. He's doing well. He moves the operation to Orlando, and he, he gets clients like MetLife Insurance and SeaWorld. But then rough times happen again. Uh, some clients leave, and three more blimps crash. Jesus. It makes me think that blimps, you know, when we think of the Hindenburg, I guess they tend to crash a lot. I don't uh, know. That one was a Zeppelin, which I guess is filled with helium and sort yes. of exploded. It was nice. the last one filled with helium, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Which, I totally oh no, a McDonald's with. blimp is crashing. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh no, the blimp oh, is crashing. The humanity. <laughs> the McDonald's blimp <laughs> flew into the CN Tower. Um, oh no, the blimp is crashing and the helium's getting everywhere. <laughs> Get it? But Your voice is high. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, I wonder what the difference <laughs> is between. Uh, because heliums or uh, zeppelins were obviously very dangerous because they could explode. So I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what blimps are filled with that make them sa- yeah. safer, so they don't explode. Lead. I guess <laughs> I guess still uh, very crashable. Very crashable. I think um, blimps were filled up with old weird man's farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Lou Pearlman loved it. I love this damn thing. <laughs> So Lou, he's got these blimp, uh, this blimp business, it's uh, his helicopter taxi business. He's also, in the meantime, started a chartered plane service. And this leads him to, uh, you know, rediscovering his love of music. There's a story that, uh, you know, he was chartering uh, planes to different businesses and musical acts, including like Madonna and Wings and stuff. And at one point in the 80s, he chartered a plane for the boy band New Kids on the Block, and he was totally blown away. He was like, who are these guys? Yeah, they're the best. And he was like... Uh, Ooh, Ooh. Hanging, hanging tough. tough. I have blimps. <laughs> you might want to come with us on a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a quote about how blown away Lou Pearlman was by the new kids on the block. He said, I just didn't know who they were. And I was just questioning, how could these kids afford an airplane? He told ABC News in, in the year 2000. I was told these kids did $200 million in record sales and $800 million in touring and merchandising, and I was like, I'm in the wrong business. So he decides then and there, he's going to found his own boy band and take over the charts. Perfect. Interesting. So he he really just seems like an entrepreneur who saw, like, this is a good business. Absolutely. And it happened to have a business that had lots of young boys around. Okay. I'm just going to throw out there, too. I said Zeppelins are filled with helium. It's hydrogen. I knew, it. I knew it. I messed up. Jeez, I thought I messed up. Yeah. I messed up. Roast me. Roast me, listeners. Uh-oh. Tweet us at Evil Men Pod. So, uh, in 1992, Lou, he's in Florida. He puts an ad in a newspaper in Orlando to hold auditions for. He's like, I, I want to put together a new Kids on the Block style uh, mm-hmm. boy band. Young men, 16 yeah. and between 16 and 19, who can move well. Please I know audition. the feeling. 
And uh, <laughs> that's how the Backstreet Boys came mm-hmm. came to be. So he just auditioned together. like kids. I mean, in it's Orlando. Orlando. So you've got all these like performers who are there to audition or, or perform in like Disney mm-hmm. uh, Disney shows and right. stuff like that. And they've that. got that sandy kind of beach yes. hair, yes. nice tans, <laughs> beach bods. And he he holds okay. these auditions and makes them rehearse <laughs> in his blimp hangar. So he has like a big hangar. <laughs> In Florida. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so remember when The Simpsons did a parody of like all the B, um, the boy, boy band craze? Yeah. And it showed them flying, like they were in an air hangar too. Yeah. And it showed them flying like air jets while they sang. Remember? And Ralph had like the uh, vocoders like thing on his voice and stuff. <laughs> Maybe that was a reference. I bet you it was. Um, and you have to remember, guys, this was back before cell phones. This was like in 1992 during the height of like the grunge craze. And this guy's yeah. putting together like a I boy band. I thought you said it was 2000. What? I no. thought a moment ago you said he put the Backstreet Boys together. Oh, it was no, 1992. No, no, 1992. Oh, I'm sorry. James made another could, mistake. You could delete that. Finish him. Apologies. Uh, so it's 1992. This is uh, during the, the height of the grunge craze. And he's putting together a boy band. And the record company's like, Lou, seriously? You're barking up the wrong tree here. It's never going to fucking work, Lou. What the fuck? Hmm. You know? <laughs> Um, he starts a record label. Who wants to hear boys singing? <laughs> we want to hear depressed heroin addicts from Seattle. Hey, wait. <laughs> I um, fucking am turning into like a radio DJ sting box. I love it. I I'm lo- like weirdly hyper this episode. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's, it's great. It's You've like got Perlman fever. Yeah. These are my favorite ones where it's a yeah. little chaotic. It's a little wild. So, um, yeah, it's height of grunge. People are like, it's never going to work, Lou. You're dreaming. You know, uh, you should go back to blimps. He starts <laughs> his own uh, record label called Transcontinental Records, and he, he's rehearsing the boys in his blimp hangar. <laughs> Part of their contract, his management contract, he made himself a manager and member of the Backstreet Boys. So he oh. got a sixth of their earnings. And our unofficial member, Lou Pearlman. <laughs> no, Welcome. Said, people are yeah. like, later, like, he always wanted to kind of be in the band, but he. Obviously couldn't be, but he considered himself like, and he made as much money. Did he play wow. drums in the background, or it's it's funny he, to imagine? You know, you when you're um, sort of sitting around and you do daydream like ridiculous daydream fantasies for yourself that you know will never happen, but you kind of lose yourself for twenty minutes in daydream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet he had little daydreams of like, what if I did join them? Uh, you know, part of the group. You know what I mean? I bet he really <laughs> did wonder. Could it work? Yeah. He does like a. Like I would a, have to train for a bit. <laughs> he does a falsetto solo and p- quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> yeah, and it's about blimps. <laughs> you're like, baby, you're like a blimp. I want to ride you in the air. So he's assembled the Backstreet Boys as of 1992. You know, uh, they're, they're gigging around. They're rehearsing. Um, they decide to record their first album in Sweden with uh, Max Martin producing yep. and uh, writing the songs, the famous Swedish uh, pop. I don't know. Super producer, super writer. Uh, he worked with uh, Britney. Worked with Britney. Yep. Uh, all nice. the Lou Perlman bands. Um, for some reason, they don't take off. Take off in America. They're huge in Europe, specifically Germany. Something about that style that was seen as like cheesy at the time. Really? So the Backstreet Boys were bigger in Europe first. Specifically Germany. They were huh. huge in Germany. They also did well in Quebec. Which, which makes sense. <laughs> that 100% mm. tracks. I don't know why, but I believe it 100%. Like very northern Quebec? Uh, <laughs> Montreal, like Labrador? Northern Quebec? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
just these like super quiet like lumberjacks <laughs> live in small villages. Je t'aime, a backstreet boy. <laughs> yeah. I wanted that away. <laughs> that um, wasn't for French guy, was it? That's yeah, that sounds like Jean Chrétien. <laughs> yeah. Another little funny tidbit here is around this time he gave because he saw himself as like the a father figure, a kindly uncle kind of guy. Oh, he yeah. gave himself the nickname Big Papa. Oh boy! And had the Backstreet Boys and subsequent acts call Remember, him. Remember, guys, don't forget to call me Big Papa. And also, Big Wikipedia, Papa got lunch for you. <laughs> Thanks, Big Papa. What is it? Oh, chicken sandwiches again. <laughs> is there a Big Mama? No. <laughs> not yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> his Wikipedia also had this thing that is not further remarked on. It says, yeah, his nicknames were Big Papa and also another one, Incognito Johnson. <laughs> what the hell? Where am I? Who am I? You don't know. <laughs> So in 1997, it's been uh, like five years of working up. Uh, 1997, quit playing games with my heart. Finally, blows up in America, breaks them in the USA. They're a global oh, sensation. I love that song. Suddenly, boy bands are back. They're the <laughs> biggest thing in America. Um, you know, this is after the grunge thing has crashed. Now mm. we're in what? Is that around like new metal times? 1997? Yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah. It feels like, yeah, I guess like grunge died in the mid 90s. Then maybe new metal was late 90s, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. But, you know, I wonder if maybe like Lou Pearlman directly had a hand in kind of killing rock music almost because it kind of never was the same after that in terms of rock music being really popular, right? I guess. I mean, there have always been boy and girl bands, but this right. was like a, this was bigger than anything that had come before. Right. Right. Uh, you know, we can look It back. might have actually like Britney and Backstreet Boys and stuff. Oh, yeah. Her might have actually. Started the aggro, shitty aspect of new metal as a metal, reaction to it. As a reaction, because yeah, yeah. boys point. were like, oh, "We need to flex <laughs> our muscles and sweat and shit everywhere." And then some of us do want to play games with your heart. <laughs> I'll play games with your heart. <laughs> Never gonna quit. <laughs> Fresh. That was really good. The new metal beatboxing. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> um, so the Backstreet Boys have blown up. It's a huge phenomenon. But yet he wasn't satisfied. Behind their backs, he starts putting together another boy band. And that's, that's, of course, NSYNC. Wow. Oh, shit. I actually didn't know it was the same guy responsible for both. Yeah, yeah it's me like, neither. Imagine if uh, Brian Epstein had managed both the Stones and the Beatles. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That's he, must be, like. he must have been talented at putting these boys together because those are probably the two biggest there's boy there's one bands. thing he, Lou Pearlman knew better than Blimps it was boys and how to combine them in the most delicious combination <laughs> <laughs> we know we need we, like we uh, yeah we need four pretty boys and one weird older ugly one that stands in the back oh my god and goes right. dip dip yeah <laughs> his name will be Zooey <laughs> wow okay so, Joey Steve like Chris <laughs> Alexandros. <laughs> no, that's not. So a weird thing. No, no offense if your name's Alexandros. Oh, I'm being so offensive this time. No, you're not. <laughs> a weird thing is that uh, he kept his development of NSYNC a secret from the Backstreet Boys, and he told NSYNC, like, don't tell anyone I'm connected to you or managing you. And then the Backstreet Boys found out, and they were, like, pissed. They were like, what the hell? What are you doing? Like, we thought you were... Uh, we thought we were your number one focus, right? Mm. And then NSYNC becomes big. 
and fans are divided. Some some love NSYNC and hate the Backstreet Boys, and vice versa. You know, they pick their pick their favorites. Wow. So there's a little bit of um, discord within the ranks hmm. of his of his boy bands because they're like, what what's going Interesting. on here? Interesting. Around this time, so it's like the late '90s. The Backstreet Boys start to get a little curious and think about their finances because they they notice that they're like we're the number one groups in the world and we're still living on like a thirty five dollar a day per diem uh, and we're flying you know this guy says he owns a chartered airline and we're flying coach on Delta Airlines to gigs and stuff really? like that yeah and so they start poking around and getting lawyers involved uh, and. There's some. Uh, there's an anecdote. Lance Bass from NSYNC said that uh, at one point they caused a, a stink, and Lou Pearlman was like, "Fine, I get it, I get it. You guys, I'm gonna make everything okay." He invited them to like this like luscious dinner, and he's like, "I'm gonna give you what you deserve. I'm gonna make it okay." And he sat them all down and gave them each checks for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> After like years of like you know, and they're big at work, this point. This is just entertainment phenomenon. Yeah, like they could have got probably like. Like, they should be incredibly rich. We yes. could have got, like, $5 million checks each. Yeah, like, they were talking about, like, in this documentary I watched, <laughs> like, they couldn't afford their, like, rent was, really? like, bouncing, and, like, they, they were living $35 a day. Didn't they have but, agents? Oh, I guess they didn't have agents separate from Lou. Be, it seemed to be their parents were the only people sort of interacting with Lou Perlman. Like, yeah. They didn't have separate... That's shocking. I didn't think that they... Huh. All of a sudden, this got very sad. <laughs> no. And now I see how Lou is an evil man. So... Hmm. Let me put it in, in stark terms. From 1993 to 97, uh, Perlman and his company took about $10 million in revenue, while the Backstreet Boys, the five of them, split $300,000. Hmm. O- over several years? From 93 to 97, yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. I make that in a year. I fucking make that in when I sneeze, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he's doing this, and it's not just the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. He's, he's trying to build a music empire, and he's, he's screwing everyone. He managed groups such as O-Town. Do you guys remember their, their I do. hit song, Liquid Dreams? I do. I don't. Think? How'd it go? Sometimes you fall asleep, and you get a boner. And you, <laughs> no. Liquid dreams pouring out of my ears. <laughs> I just remember the video and what they looked like, but I don't really remember the tune of the song. Can I, I think- ask you this? Um... Uh, oh god I totally forgot sorry sorry go go <laughs> so he managed yeah O-Town who had the big hit Liquid Dreams LFO who had the hit Summer Girls I hated them remember that song Chris yeah that sucked I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Finch oh yeah take a bad one wish yucky um, take five there's a lot of diminishing oh returns. this is what I wanted to ask you <clears throat> oh I want to ask you something <laughs> oh go ahead <laughs> What in the fuck does NSYNC mean? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those f- silly band names. Are you kidding me? You, know? you want to launch, and it worked, yes. but you launch into the Globosphere. My new band, NSYNC. It's the <laughs> dumbest name ever. I mean, Even to, when com- I, to I was come up ki- with a name li- that bad, you must have thrown the kitchen sink. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And while we're on it, that's what it probably meant. Backstreet Boys. We threw as well. everything at this name in sync, kitchen sink. <laughs> Backstreet Boys it's, makes sense because you, there's you a bunch of scary. boys in the alleyway with Lou, you know, <laughs> doing stuff. No, not like that. While we're on I'm the subject, sorry. fuck. 
while we're on the subject of names, I mean, think about Backstreet Boys. It's a name that if, you know, before you see what they look like, it makes you afraid because you think of these huge men who are violent in the shadows of, you know, some godforsaken mm-hmm. city. And then you see them and they're just, you know, five um, small white men. Yeah. They don't even look like they've ever seen like a rat crawl across a garbage bag. No. Are there any Backstreet Boys or NSYNC Boys that now these days are like kind of fat and bald with like a mustache? I think Hank from the Backstreet Boys uh, ended up... Uh, <laughs> Hank? <laughs> Hank Schmertz. Remember that guy? I want it that way, too. That was made him dance in the back? That's his part. Yeah. Boys, so oh, I'd love to be dancing up there on the stage with the boys. <laughs> That's Lou Pearlman. <laughs> so, Imagine um, Lou Pearlman talk like Popeye. Yeah, I'd love to be up on stage up there dancing with the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> um... All of the acts that Lou Pearlman managed, and he managed like quite a bit. He, he built like an empire he compared to Motown. Uh, <laughs> his acts, with the exception of US Five and Marshall Dillon, a country music act, all sued him uh, in federal court for misrepresentation and fraud. And all the cases uh, were settled either uh, in, in court or, or uh, in a civil suit. Huh. Not a great so track basically, record. he just he was managing all these boy bands and not giving them their due money. So, what did his lifestyle look like independently? Like, did he have a huge mansion, private jets? Mansion, uh, Rolls Royces, limousines. He had like a, I think, uh, like a $250,000 Rolex. He he lived in like luxury. So, he had a $200,000 Rolex when he was giving them each checks of $10,000. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, the disparity was was I bet you his dumbass stank like shit. (laughs) We've got to get an investigative team on this and find out if it did. Um, I hate this kind of crap. These guys make me mad. He he probably, uh, yeah, had like a how-to guide by Charles Ponzi, like as his favorite book growing up or something. Mm. Well, he speaking of Ponzi, we're about to get into that in a second of him him uh, perpetrating the biggest Ponzi scheme in U.S. fucking history, which is is crazy. Um, so Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, they sued him. They got out of their contracts with him. NSYNC, little tidbit, uh, their 2000 album No Strings Attached was a direct reference to him. And there's a video where they're dancing with strings and they cut them, and that was uh, an allusion to being free of Lou Pearlman. Really interesting. I, I actually remember that when it came out. I like do hearing that. After the groups uh, got away from Legally, he launched... Do you remember this show? There's a, a show called Making the Band? Yeah. Yeah. He created that or co-created it, and mm. he was like, I'm going to start from the ground up and create a new boy band because I've lost the two guys. So he's basically like the Hugh Hefner of boy bands. Yes. So sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> so at this point, both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC have left? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he starts a new reality show. I'll make show. another boy band. Right. I can find boys anywhere. This is what makes me upset the most, and we haven't even gotten to the ginormous Ponzi scheme yet, but this is what upsets me the bo- most, is each Backstreet Boy and NSYNC uh, member are their own unique individual people. I couldn't even, like, I don't know if I was going to say person or people. And then I said people. But the thing is, is what I'm getting at is, he doesn't even seem to like see their faces or see them as human beings. It doesn't seem like he has any kind of emotional bond or connection with these people. Like he doesn't care. It's all business. Like if you if they like sue you and take off and you just keep an- start another show being like the boy band factory. Like you don't fucking care about people. Yeah, I don't think Good he point. was Good point. too um 
too precious about, uh, especially the big guys. Like the like if you talk to Lou Pearlman and were like, "Well, who's your favorite Backstreet Boy?" He'd probably be like, "I don't know." My favorite what? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? What are you on about? So, uh, making the band in 2000, it's on ABC, and he holds auditions and creates the band O-Town, who have the hit song Liquid Dreams. O-Town's back. One of the best songs about uh, nocturnal emissions, I believe, ever. Absolutely. Does O-Town... Okay, Liquid Dreams, right. And O-Town is O-Orgasm? So the names are getting a little bit more dirty right. as we go along. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's like because the next band he put together was called Splooge Boys. <laughs> Gaping Hole, his final boy band. Um, Gaping Hole is back. You know what? I think Boys, I have an like... idea for a band name for you guys. Uh, tell me what you think about it. Uh, how about O Town? It's a reference to a town where everyone is constantly having an orgasm. I think somebody <laughs> left okay. a comment on one of our Instagrams that we've been using the word gaping a lot lately. Hey. <gasps> I don't want to use it. So around this time of making the band, he's uh, yeah, he's auditioning unknowns now. He's got this mansion, and he's living in basically boy heaven. He's got boys coming at all hours and going to his mansion, uh, staying the night. Parents are sort of signing off on it. There's a little bit of parental supervision, but mm-hmm. there, this is where we get s- suddenly the reports of sexual impropriety. Oh, sadly, with with a lot of the uh, aspiring musicians, you know, they saw him as their chance to. Uh, yeah, damn, I didn't know that. I thought it was just like uh, looked gross, but unfortunately, so he had like a Hugh Hefner esque Playboy mansion, but no, but girls? it was a boy band factory. Yeah. Yes, and with all the promise that they're going to blow up, and he would just so. The thing that it seemed it could be like, it genuinely turned out to be like that. Is, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I genuinely didn't know that. I didn't know if I it actually went way. full throttle. I feel the same way. I thought it was just like it looked very you know, gross. In yeah. DuckTales, how Scrooge McDuck would dive into a pile of coins. Picture Lou Pearlman diving into a pool of boys. That's basically what his life was at this point. DuckTales. Um, and there are uh, reports and allegations of, yeah... Unwanted massages, uh, a lot of hugging, stories of him walking around in a robe that would often uh, open or fall off. Uh, there's a story of he had some musicians over and they were screening Star Wars in his private theater. And suddenly in the middle of the movie, a porno came on. Uh, that was an accident. Oh, how did that? <laughs> is, uh, is Chewbacca supposed to be doing that? Luke, I'm your father. Uh? <laughs> But he'd, he'd edited a copy of Star Wars to have a porno in the middle so he could be around, like, boys and go, like, I don't know how that happened, boys. Uh, I don't, oh, that's really gross. Uh, I'm would scared take, of this fucking asshole. He would take them to strip clubs, uh, oh, tell them what? to work out, and he would frolic around in the pool with them. You know, Wait, boy they were, like, teens? Yes. Boys, and he'd take them to strip clubs? There and are, their parents would be like, can you make him famous? Well, Oh, some my of the, God. So, so this are, is too... Yes, this is... Evil. Jane Carter, the mother of Nick and Aaron Carter, on his uh, oh, artist yeah. stable, uh, Jane Carter called Lou Pearlman a sexual predator. Mm. And Denise McLean, the mother of AJ from the Backstreet Boys, said, uh, For a while, Nick Carter loved going over to Lou's house. Then all of a sudden, it appeared there was a flip at some point, And we heard from the Carter camp that there was some kind of inappropriate behavior. It was just odd. I can just say that there were odd events that took place. Never any oh, formal shit. charges. It's not like it's very murky. Yeah. There's no one ever 
write out, I don't know, accused so, him of... Yeah. So perhaps it's not necessarily, well, as far as we yeah. know, not necessarily something in- extremely heinous, but some suggestion that it was uncomfortable things happening. If they didn't all the way get to O-Town, they at least approached the suburbs of O-Town. Okay. If you understand what I'm getting at. I guess yeah. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I hope that nothing... I hope that they that nothing uh, truly heinous happens. Now it it's is gross enough as is. But if you see those pictures of him, he looks like he's the happiest man who ever lived. When he's in these pictures online, hanging around the boys, no it's man dark. has ever been happier. It's yeah. really dark because um, I didn't know that, and like these guys also like later on in their years get like made fun of online a lot for being like you know not famous anymore, like looking like out of it maybe like have addiction problems and stuff and they just get ripped on but really they were just uh manipulated and exploited by this fucking creep yeah in like a dark mansion yeah and also i mean i don't know if they're if they made up for the money that they didn't get they probably did i've got to think they're all pretty rich but you know i mean there were settlements they i believe got the money oh that's uh, good that they were owed they, there were settlements damn so, okay but, but was that the ponzi scheme no here's the ponzi scheme so we're getting towards the the sad end of lou's life it's all been fun and games until now here's where it all blows up in his face i know we were like joking our asses off all episode and now i'm like oh god oh, remember, remember we were laughing about the blimps remember <clears throat> the laughter so in 2006 <laughs> uh investigators discovered that Perlman had perpetrated the longest-running Ponzi scheme in American history, as I said before. Basically, he defrauded investors who had invested in his transcontinental megacorporation. He had defrauded people out of more than $1 billion, out of which $300 million is still missing. Wow. To this day. So for 20 years, yeah, he enticed people to uh, and banks to invest in his transcontinental uh, airlines and uh, company and... A lot of the victims of this, uh, unfortunately, were like retired senior citizens from Florida who mm. lost their life savings. I have an idea of where the missing $300 million is. It's probably in a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Forensic detectives have taken apart a boy to search for money. Or maybe it's in a blimp. So he's feeling the heat, and like a blimp, he takes off from America, <laughs> and he flees, and investigators are like, there's like a worldwide search for Lou Pearlman. Holy shit. How did I miss all this in the news? He was seen in Germany, uh, reported. Uh, people said they saw him in Israel, Brazil, all over the place. Is that the Wailing Wall? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to uh, sail a blimp over it. Um, he was then spotted by a German tourist in Bali, Indonesia. Uh a guy had heard that Lou Perlman was on the lamb. He was like, there's a person in the yeah. cafe who looks like... I recognize him. <laughs> my daughter loves... My daughter is German. She loves Backstreet Boys. Um, and he contacted the FBI. They sent agents down and they couldn't arrest him, but they, he was running out of money and he agreed to go back to, to, to Guam, the U.S. possession, where he was arrested. Wow. Holy crap. I just pictured a bunch of like fighter jets, like... <laughs> flying, <laughs> flying slowly beside a blimp, telling it to land. Sure, land, land the blimp. Uh, yeah, pull your blimp names. over. So he's back in America. He's not doing too well. He's a lot of pictures of him in handcuffs. Lou Pearlman's back 
All right. <laughs> I'm back, everybody. Uh, he goes on trial for a bunch of charges, conspiracy to commit bank fraud, money laundering, bankruptcy fraud. Uh, he's sentenced to 25 years in federal prison and ordered to pay back $300 million in restitution to investors and $200 million uh, as, as a forfeiture judgment. But he's basically bankrupt at this point. He's a huge criminal mm. with that lived out loud with like a fetish. Here's my question, right? When he legitimately had success with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, he could have stopped like scheming and his Ponzi thing and just enjoyed like a nice life as a rich guy. Yeah. But he couldn't stop. Yeah. A common didn't thread stop. between many people, like and yeah. all the money um, guys I think we've talked about, they, they all seem to have had obvious points where they could have stopped and just lived a life of a rich person, but they, they just keep going. Yeah. Insatiable appetite for more and more and more. Yeah. More boys. That wasn't... Didn't we bring this up? <laughs> did, did we bring this up together in person or on the podcast before? Or who was I talking about it? But it's a, it's a, it's a line in succession, right? When like Tom is giving Greg a hard time about thinking that he could have like five million oh, yeah, or something. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to have five million dollars. That's the worst. You still got to work. It's not that good. Yeah. Yeah, it's that weird sort of like greed obsession. Yeah. <laughs> like five million wouldn't even be enough for you. Or something. there's just no that's right. No amount that's enough for yeah. some for some guys. Whereas for me, I have a clear limit. You know. 80,000 and I'm out. 80,000 bucks and Once I'm Once that savings account hits 80,000, <laughs> Mike's going, moving out. Every time I get a check, I try to move away and live on an island, but I have to come back and build it a bit more, yeah. So he's in prison now uh, in Florida, and uh, his companies have been forced into bankruptcy. Um, all of his assets are seized, including a mansion where he lived in, full of well-known works of art and priceless memorabilia. But when people looked at it, they were all forged. Wow. He's had a mansion full of forged art. What an idiot. Ew, dude, that's actually, I hate to say it, one of the most American things I've ever heard. (laughs) That is true. Like, look at my mansion. On each and every wall is basically a craft single slice (laughs) of cheese because I'm stupid. (laughs) Investigators all bought with like borrowed money evidently or you know yeah. money that he it's like doesn't that have. instagram influencer who got busted living in that mega mansion but everything was like fake did you ever hear yeah. about no, that no i didn't oh, oh well no, we should probably do him soon. oh shit we just found out lou perlman's mona lisa isn't the real deal <laughs> <laughs> oh shit real art is like it's stupid that it's expensive it's just a fucking painting you know what i mean <laughs> i can make uh my kid can make that you know like that kind of person <laughs> <laughs> My kid could put Lou Pearlman in jail. Is this really by Jackson Pollock? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> so he's in jail, and you'd think he would have learned his lesson and, and been like, I'm just going to you know, serve my time. You'd be wrong. While he's in jail, he tries to put together um, a reality TV show like Making the Band, but from jail. He even tries to put... <laughs> it's like with inmates? He put together a choir of white-collar oh. criminals to sing uh, Christmas carols at a Christmas jail I was concert. kidding. I was just joking. Oh, my God. He held auditions in jail. Oh, my God. This man needs to stop putting men together to sing. <laughs> 
I wish you were all a little younger uh, than what I'm used to, man. We wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and we're sorry about all your life savings. <laughs> it's like all these white collar criminals with like uh, yeah. Patrick Bateman haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> it came upon me night clear. Yeah, keep singing. Uh. <laughs> Why is I the conductor jerking off? I need the singing. He's addicted to men singing. He's and addicted boys. to yeah. men singing, as as a lot of us are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and that was that, that. So that jail choir was his last entertainment venture um, because in 2010 he suffered a stroke in prison, and then had all sorts of heart problems. He died in 2016 oh. at the Federal Correction Institution in Miami at the age of 62. Oh, young, young. Yeah, he looked full of life, and he looked. He looked far too young to die. If you look at the pictures, Damn. Yeah. well, boy, that's fascinating, Mike. I did. I I knew the name and I knew he was like a bad guy, but I yeah. didn't know anything about him. I'm Me too. Stunned actually by a lot of those details. Yeah. So he did. I'm really ruin mad. A lot of, he mad at a him. lot of investors' lives, like a lot of just private citizens who invested in this company and lost yeah. their life savings. Yeah. Hmm. I'm never investing in anything. <laughs> That's basically my golden rule. <laughs> Just save my money under my bed. Yeah. You have know? gold. Hey, gold Chris. bars. Yeah. Chris, why don't you uh, give me some money? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he apparently would use the spectacle of like his office, his Porsches, his uh, you know high flying lifestyle. He would bring investors, potential investors, to like the recording studio, hmm. studio to see Backstreet Boys, and they'd be like dazzled. Buy all this stuff and invest, and then their money would disappear. But here's the thing, people listening, and maybe people caught up in the Western capitalist hurricane <laughs> that is upon us these days. Can't you just step back for a minute and take your eyes off of the dazzling lights and glittering jewelry being dangled in front of your face and judge a person by their character? Can't you see that? Can't you look into a I person's like that, eyes and judge their character? You're right. What I the like fuck that. happened to that? What the fuck happened to being like stepping back for a minute and looking at a person's behavior and reading their language? Like, you know what I mean? The yeah. stuff that they're not saying. You can tell that someone's fucked up. And even I mean, when you send me a picture of Ron Perlman or whatever his name is. <laughs> Lou Perlman. Hellboy. Hellboy. <laughs> Lou Perlman as Hellboy. <laughs> I'm not giving any money to Hellboy. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Even like, it's not nice to judge a book by its cover, but Lou Perlman looked fucked up. Well, we. It sounds like we, an old street. We trick. are encouraged like to. Uh, we're encouraged to spend money, and we don't always need to be doing that. We're 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 trained to think that spending money will make us happy, and and it probably doesn't. Having money and spending money make us quite. You probably, you probably need a little, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, the endless pursuit is probably ultimately not mm-hmm. going to make you happy. Here's the thing with investing, especially in like something <laughs> like that, like this. <laughs> if like. The guy already made it. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. He already got his. Yeah. And now he's saying, give me your money. You will get what I have. 
That's the stupid mm-hmm. trick. Yeah. Like, you want to be like that guy, sure, but you didn't start from the bottom like that guy <laughs> did. You're giving that guy your money. That's what's so fucking stupid. So now you're stupid. pro Lou Pearlman. I'm pro Lou Pearlman in his, like, money maneuvering, sure. I think he's shrewd as fuck, but he got screwed anyways. <laughs> stupid idiot. <laughs> so, was there anything else? or should No, we- but I, just- I feel like his investors are just as, like... Dumb. I think they were dazzled though because to all for all appear to all appearances, what's the saying? He was an incredibly successful guy who had a solid track record because no one knew it was all smoke and mirrors except for the music shit where he was just like stealing all the money for himself. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, he's I'd- clearly like he clearly fortified himself with the the image of success and like yeah. didn't like. Present to you a reason why he would steal from me. I would actually, yeah. you know what? I could see being believed. I mean, if this man managed the Backstreet Boys in in sync, and he's like, "Hey, I got a good investment opportunity." I mean, I could see believing him. Like, it's shocking that a guy with that high profile yeah. a job was a total scam artist. And then you hear like, not only is it in sync and Backstreet, but O Town as well. And, and they're like getting the, the checkbook out. The, yeah, <laughs> Orgasm Town too. <laughs> where is old, old town um i had two things i wanted to say oh um, please do mike back to the ron perlman lou perlman joke imagine <laughs> if lou perlman had also been in uh, sons of anarchy okay great <laughs> what's the other thing the other <laughs> just kidding um that it's too bad and i i'm can't be the first person to say this, but I believe uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman would have played a great Lou Pearlman in a uh, in a movie because they. That's a great point. He, he could have he could have a similar look. In a... God, it's like yeah, these I say, keep popping up, huh? Rob Ford as well. <laughs> I say Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I love, and we all do. I think right. I think he would need even more. He would need prosthetics to really th- go over. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 But he had like. A certain look, you know. I'm not. Am I? No, no. I, I, I'm with here? you. I'm with you. You know, blonde sort yep. of. Uh, yeah, and Timothy I, Chalamet as cousin Art. <laughs> Art oh yeah, actually. Um, well, that was great. Um, shall I pull out the evilometer? I just have one. Oh, sorry. Final question. Sure. Sorry. Do you think Paul Simon ever also met Lou Pearlman? And did he? Are any of his songs written about? Uh, I would be willing to bet that they did meet because you're telling me at some big music industry yeah. gala or party, you know, the two of them weren't both there, and then they have the connection that they both are very close with art. You can call me Lou. Hmm. Yeah. Let us be lovers. We'll marry our fortunes together. Do do do. I've got a mansion that's full of some boys. <laughs> parsley, <laughs> sli- parsley, sage, rosemary, and Lou. <laughs> I am a blimp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about Lou, 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 Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Mrs. Robinson is about Lou because he says Lou a bunch of times before Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Should I bring uh, Should I bring the evilometer out? Is it that time of the night? I'd love to see it. Okay. <clears throat> well, if you're a good boy, Michael. <clears throat> evilometer's back. All right. <laughs> it would be cool to have a song for it. All right, I'm going to open up the closet door here. Whoa, that's a heavy door. All right, I'm going to pull the... Oh, my God, I'm pulling the evilometer over. Oh, my God, it's so heavy. Oh, God. Are you okay? 
Oh, yeah. Heavy as hell. All right. Uh, so it's time to enter in our, our rankings. Say for- your prayers, little <laughs> Lou. Don't forget <laughs> our son. We're going to enter your number. <laughs> um, we give every person a ranking, one to ten on the evil scale. Um, how do we feel about Lou Perlman? Who wants to go first? Oh, my God. It's back again. <laughs> um, I'll go. Okay. I haven't gone first in a while now. But I used to go first a lot. I know. Sorry. I, re- I followed the same pattern, and I realized that wasn't fair to you. But I'll go. Okay. I don't mind. <laughs> Last night, I was playing dodgeball, and they were like, who wants to sit out? And I was like, I'll, I'll sit out. You know what, Chris? You are very agreeable <laughs> in that way. Remember when we went to the cottage, and there was only two beds, and Chris slept on the couch all three nights? I still feel bad about couch. that. Leather in the yep. heat. I don't, uh, I don't uh, have a high opinion of myself. No. <laughs> You're very easygoing. Uh, thanks. Well, the thing is, is I would put Lou at a six, mm. okay? Because mm-hmm. here's my two reasons. Mm-hmm. And please, if any listeners know anything else, like other more information, let us know. But it sounds like because there was no official charge or anything with the boys or mm-hmm. anything like that, mm-hmm. it might have just been gross and inappropriate, which is still extremely bad. Yep. Uh, so f you, Lou Pearlman, but he's dead, right? He died. Yeah. So f you to, in hell, whatever, <laughs> and uh, you still deserve it because you ripped off a ton of people. But and he also, ruined Star Wars as well. And he ruined Star Wars for a few kids. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. He edited a porno into Star Wars. Oh, remember? sorry, right, yeah. right, right. R2, I say, what is that happening over there? Yeah, <laughs> part R2, of me. Yeah. Jizz flies all over R2 D2. R2 D2. R2. What is that? <laughs> I say R2. There you go. Do you want to see something crazy? <laughs> hey, Chewy, we're going to shave your vagina. <laughs> The thing I wanted to say is like the investing thing and ripping them off, like, that's evil, but that's definitely up there with why he's and ripping the kids off too. That's up there with why he's a six for sure on the evilometer, but also it's like. The Ponzi scheme runs rampant in the States anyways. It's very American. So mm-hmm. it's like he's kind of in the doing the same of his ilk in that era, mm-hmm. in that time, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's not like he invented it, is what I'm getting at. So it's a <laughs> solid six for me. Yeah, I think that's a good score. I'll go next. You're saying he's American as apple pie. He's American as like, yeah, fake <laughs> apple as pie. Works. I think you're actually dead on. Like, I was trying to think what number I'd give him, and I think you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a 5.8. Ooh, easy. Because I, I feel similarly, the Ponzi scheme's very bad. Um, if, if, there was, if we knew that more heinous things happened, I would definitely up the score, but it's, it's hard to know. It's, as you say, awful either way. Um, but from what we know, it sounds like a 5.8 to 
for for Lou. Definitely a bad a bad guy though. Bad vibes. I posit that you can't give a full number. I, you I like a I ratio. Have, I think I might have given a something point zero. I just yeah. you know it just adds that little bit of nuance. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. I'm not, it wasn't judgmental. No, no. I, mm. I, I, to me, it's basically a scale out of, you know, almost a hundred. Really, I like it though. I could picture the grid yeah. of you moving up and down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm a solid six. <laughs> Michael, hmm. Quit playing games with my yikes. <laughs> um, uh, what do I give Lou Pearlman? I think it's it's so sad because his life started off so fun. He loved blimps. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, flying around. He in those pictures, he's having such. A, such I know a if, nice if he time. wasn't accused of the impropriety, it would just be sort yeah. of funny that he's loving being around these boy bands. Yeah, he's just a man who loved boys too darn much. Uh, I love you. I think the. <laughs> Hello, may I speak to Justin Timberlake, please? Uh, mm, uh, I love you. Um. <laughs> Uh, I think the impropriety, the creepiness around that is a real blow to his, his numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also him perpetrating a big Ponzi scheme and fucking over a bunch of old people is pretty bad. That is bad. That's really bad. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to give it a 7.5. 7.5. 7.5. Okay. I believe yeah. those were the same scores you gave John Wayne Gacy and Chevy Chase. So <laughs> <laughs> he's in good company. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what we didn't say in the Chevy Chase episode too is, um, there's for sure stuff about that Chevy Chase has done that we don't know about. <laughs> well, you may be right. I don't know why I'm bringing that back up now, but I was thinking about it recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. Um. Um. Well. Well. Yeah. I think that was a great episode. Really Mike, good episode, very informative. Mike. And everybody listening, thanks, I just want to say again. Uh, Mike is such a whiz with uh, cutting and splicing these things together. So oh yeah, that, I'm just a tech guy. You've been yeah. on fire lately. Oh, I mean, yeah. Mike uh, edits them. Yeah, that's a tough job, no question. You research, you make everybody laugh, and you do a lot of behind the scenes work. Let's just uh, you're friggin' eye candy to everybody on the well, Toronto Transit. Yeah, yes, it's true. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Chris and James. It, uh, Whoever, wherever you're listening to this episode right now, just give a little round of applause for Mike Balazzo's tech skills too. So, to be honest, I couldn't have done it uh, without Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and the team behind GarageBand. Uh, That's also the team behind the cottage we stayed at. Yes. <laughs> But also, I wanted to just say, I wanted to give it a shout out because it's a comedy podcast, first mm-hmm. and foremost, for mm-hmm. anybody who's stupid and reviews it, thinking that they're going to be educated by it. But the <laughs> thing is, is the editing is such a big deal to me because it's comedic timing. Like Mike has that down. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. So anyways, thank, thank you. you. Oh, by the way, if we're adding thank on you. random things at the end, another person <laughs> tweeted us and told us they hate the beeps. Yeah, the Two car people honks. now have told us they hate the car honks. I'm, 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 I'm going to pull back the curtain. I could change it, mm. but I think Mike and Chris love it. No, well, the thing is, is I'm I on. wanted to, I wanted a car honk to end the theme song. That was my only input into the theme song. The theme song is totally Mike. Yeah, and he did the car honk, and then he made it the <laughs> interstitial. Yeah. 
Oops, but I don't know. I you know I, I don't want our fans to get into an accident on the highway. I'm willing to change the interstitial commercial break thing from a honk to something else, but I will not take it out of the song. <laughs> fair, and fair. people should know it's coming if they know if they know the song. I agree. Fair. fair. So okay. I'm willing to I'm willing to bargain. Sure. Well, Compromise. we made my. I'm easy. I'm easy. I'm just letting you know what the people. We made my Hong, Hong Kong song. giggle. Can you do one right now that I can maybe cut and use for this episode? Beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Sounds good. Well, that was a really fun time, guys. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Drank a tea. We ate some M and M's. Yep. Got a little hyper off the top there. Just having a blast with you guys. I think that was another great fun episode. And thank you, everybody out there listening, for joining us on another episode of Evil Man. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!